Thanks for watching The Rundown with Ramon. In this episode of The Rundown with Ramon, we talk to a very special guest, Dr. Ome Kongo Dibenga, and he talks to us about two things. One, his work in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how companies, we talk about large businesses, but even how small businesses can do better in their work of being a more inclusive, more equitable culture. He's also a performer. He's given TED Talks, and he's a rapper, and an artist, and a performer, and all kind of things. And we talked about the business of performance, how people who are just starting out can grow in the performance business. You're gonna like this episode of The Rundown with Ramon, where we talk to Dr. Omekongo Dibenga about his his work, diversity, equity, inclusion, and tips on how to be in business and more. You're going to enjoy this. Check it out. And don't forget, hit me up on IG. Hit me up on Instagram. DM me, Ramon Ray Smart Hustle. Check me out at RamonRay.com. Let me know how you're enjoying, how you're learning from, and if the rundown with Ramones are helping your life or your business. All right? So do that. Check out this amazing episode starting right now. Hey everybody, thanks for this special edition of the Rundown with Ramon on Black Enterprise. I'm so glad you're here with me, spending your valuable time today to learn how to grow your business and, or as I promise, to get better in your personal life. I'm so excited to bring this amazing human, who you can already see on the screen, with us today to the Rundown with Ramon. We'll see where this conversation goes, but I know the passion of Dr. Omekongo Dibinga is uh, varied and experienced regarding uh, race and equity and business and more. Uh, but doctor, so glad you're here. Please say hi to the Rundown with Remote Audience. And I hope you and your family are doing well. I hope you're well. Oh, I'm very excited to be here. And what's up, everybody? I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, Ramon. I got so much respect for what you're doing and, of course, the whole Black Enterprise family. So let's let's do it. Absolutely. So happy to be here. So well, first of all, why don't you just give us a take the time, sit back, relax, and tell us a bit of a summary of who you are. I know you've given a lot of talks. You've been TED Talks. You're a multi-author. You're a poet. You're a rapper. You do a lot of things. You're like Mr. Multicultural. But distill that <laughs> down, what are the top two or three things? or feel free to say more of the, to help the audience understand who you are and the lens through which you'll be speaking to them today. Most definitely. So my organization is called Upstander International, and our model is why settle for outstanding when you can be upstanding. So we help individuals, organizations, as well as educational institutions and corporations take a stand for injustice, no matter how small or large. And that can look like different things. How do we stop things like bias and microaggressions in the workplace? Or how do we get involved in human rights and social justice campaigns to stop child soldiers in places like West Africa? So I started the company because I felt like really at the end of the day, Nobody was really speaking to organizations in the way that I felt that I could, having traveled the world, having lived or performed in almost 30 countries, being multilingual with, with English, French, and Swahili, and as well as my academic background. You talked about the music and the hip hop, but my also my academic background in international affairs and my time as a teacher and professor, I put it all together in a way that's just engaging with all of the organizations that I work with. Yeah, I love that. And do you think of yourself uh, as an artist? I'm just curious, like, and I know it's not fair to put anybody in a box, but I kind of, I'm yeah. fighting to put you in a box, but my mind's not <laughs> letting me. But artists are just say, Ramon, just whatever you want. Just curious, how do you- At the end of the yeah. day, I would say more so of a performer. Okay. Because I look at everything I do as performance, because people say, well, how do you do keynotes and then you rap and so on and so forth. Well, my philosophy is you have to meet people where they are. So I'm delivering the same message, whether I'm speaking to a, a corporate 
corporation like a, like a Microsoft or an Apple or something, or whether I'm at a school working with teachers or young people. Some might get a poem, some might get a rap, some might get a one hour keynote, some might get a one day training, but the message is the same. I believe that as speakers and leaders, we develop a certain level of arrogance if we don't develop the ability to meet people where they are. You have to meet them where they are and then we all grow together. So I just come into these spaces and I'm a performer and my art is part of that. I love it. I love it. Remind us one more time, the websites. I know people are going to want to reach you. What's the best way to reach you? What's your website or if they're social media? I want to give you space to mm -hmm. share that too as we move along, please. Best way to reach me is upstanderinternational.com. And on all of the social media platforms, you can find me at Omekongo, just my first name. That's O-M-E-K-O-N-G-O. I love it. I love it. So let's dive right into it. I know that two things are very important to you. There's many things important to you, but I know as far as the rundown with Ramona, me being a, an entrepreneur myself, I've started five companies, sold three companies, authored multiple books and speaking around the world. Not as quite as many countries as you, but definitely around the US. <laughs> but um, in that help. aspect, business is important to you. You are an entrepreneur. You are a businessman. You make money. You're a business person. And then there's other elements to you in this brief capsule of your life. Of course, you do so much. But in this conversation we're having today, there's social justice. There's equity. Can you just at a high level, and I may not even know the right question to ask you. So feel free to mm -hmm. reframe it. But talk about business. I'd love to hear mm -hmm. about business and making money and wealth creation, all these things. And then I'm hearing something like, social equity and you know is it kind of what the big companies do like they donate money to the boys and girls club and we stop in there you know i say that in yeah, fun yeah. or is it more than that talk educate at a high level bring those together what that means to you almost definitely you know as a mo on the motivational speaking side of things I, I was trained by les brown i spent a lot of time with him one of the things he always talked about is that the, the best way to be able to live a fulfilled life is to be able to make a living doing what you can to help as many people as possible. He said it doesn't get any better than that. And so for me with my organization, when we talk about social justice, we are looking at what can companies do to make sure that with the profits that they're making, with the influence that they have in their communities and in their respective spaces, they're also looking for people who are who are voiceless or people who might be marginalized or underrepresented, maybe in their companies or in their communities. So if we're talking about organizations like a Target or an old navy or, or or something to that effect we some of them have you know social justice and equity statements i like to work with organizations to really help them understand what that looks like mm -hmm. so you say that you're committed to the community and this could be any organization but does the community know you are, are you out there do people have to come to you to the spaces that you're at are you in the schools are you doing work in the communities are you a, a health organization, but the communities that you work in, they have no access to your services? So what are you really doing to work to build in the communities that, that you say you want to serve? And so when we saw what we saw at Ramon is that after George Floyd was murdered, we saw that there was a strong commitment from so many companies to do certain things as it relates to social justice. About $50 billion was pledged to, to do all of this work. But like to date, about 220 million has gone out as it relates to helping organizations organizations or helping communities. And so what I talk about with social justice and equity is just make your companies as good as you promised to be. And if you're not doing that, the work that we do with you and Upstander International will just help you tweak it. You know, we believe that every organization that calls on us, it's not about we're doing they're doing a terrible job. It's about how can we help them improve on the good work that they're already doing or the commitment that they make. Because some may just make an initial commitment, but may not really know what that looks like. And so one of the beautiful things about Upstander International is that we're already working with organizations that in some way, shape, or form have already made the commitment. We're coming in and tweaking it in various ways. 
I love it. And uh, I want to get into some of the work you're doing, but at a at a at an egregious level, what is a company? Well, let me rephrase it. What is a company that you know they're serving their customers, selling? They're not a criminal. They got good customer service. I guess at that level, doing nothing is maybe the negative end. But you can educate me as we go along here. What is a company doing that's doing it as best they can? No company's doing perfect, but as best. Because what I'm trying to get to is to know where you fit, and you're like Ramon. Okay, for the companies in the middle, here's the two or three or four things we're doing to help them do it better. If you get what I'm trying to say, help us understand yeah. the far-reaching negative. Like Ramon, here's at the worst what's mm-hmm. not good <laughs> help yes. us understand the polar opposites well you know i haven't had the good fortune of working with this organization uh yet wink wink but i really love what i see target doing okay. as it relates to really being on the good side because not only have they spoken about their commitment to social justice and, and what they, but they're also making sure that within the organization they are focused on representation so they're bringing in people at every single level who not only are there for representation but they also have power you know dr king talked about integration he said integration is about the sharing of power resources and responsibility when we look at it as it relates to diversity equity and inclusion it's the same thing many companies for years have had a director of diversity but they had no power they didn't really have resources they were just creating reports and so really at the end of the day they didn't they weren't really doing anything specific what you see what target is doing they are doing that they're the people who hold those positions they have real power they are part of the decision making team and then on top of that I see Target often in the community that they serve doing the work, working with young people. And then when they talk about their commitment to social justice and believing in Black Lives Matter, I walk into their stores and I start seeing people who create products, maybe shirts or coffees who are black and and entrepreneurial and they're there front and center for everybody to see in the store. They don't relegate them to a little aisle in the small corner that you'll never see. They they make them very prominent for everybody to see. And so when I look at an organization that I feel is doing it really right, I really love what what Target is doing in that space. I love it. What do you say to companies um, that we have no stance, that uh, or, or is there a way to say, listen, we don't want to get into political fray. And again, if I was a CEO of a company, I could be that kind of guy. I'm just being vulnerable and telling you because it's like, you know what? I, I go left, yes. the right people are shooting me. I made a donation to the right. The left people are killing me. I put the yes. pen out. Yes. And, and the doctor, yeah. here's the wrong. that pen is the wrong shade. I'm like, yep. you know what? <laughs> we, we're just going to make widgets and sell widgets on an e-commerce site. That's good. If you understand, I'm having some fun here after my style. But right. Absolutely, those absolutely. Talk to those CEOs. What, what about that? Nice people, Look, nice I, people. I, I, absolutely. No, I, I hear you. I remember yeah. seeing uh, one of the former heads of, of SHRM, you know, Human Resources or Agency, was saying, you know, back in the days, yeah, in the 80s and maybe even in the 90s a little bit, people didn't talk about politics at work. You just kind of went to work and do your thing. We're not in that space anymore. And so what I say to companies is, look, deciding not to decide is a decision. Deciding not to act is an action. Case in point, if you look at Toyota, for example, Toyota got into some trouble earlier this year because people were feeling just Toyota has a neutral policy. And they talked about how they have donated to Republicans as well as Democrats. And some people were saying, well, nah, well, Democrats are doing this, Republicans are doing that. You got to take a stand. And so what companies have to realize is that the consumer today, they're a lot more knowledgeable. And with things like social media out there, everybody has a microphone now. Not taking a stance on an issue is taking a stance on the issue. And yes, you have to be mindful of the fact that you might lose some customers. But even when people talk about 
And we don't have to go fully political right now, but when people talk about whether Trump should be indicted or not, right? Some people say, well, indicting him will divide the country. But you have other people who say not uh, indicting him will divide the country. So this is where we are nowadays. The politics being what they are, they are coming into every workplace. So it doesn't matter whether you are Republican, Democrat, independent, you are being called to take a side. And your neutrality, whether you like it or not, especially in the social media space, people are going to decide the stand that you have taken if you are not bold in saying what it is that you believe and what you're showing. Because you can't say Black Lives Matter and then you're found to be donating to individuals or organizations that are really working to hurt and hate and literally kill Black people. You just can't do it and you will be found out. Sure, no, for sure. Let me let me push on that one more time, then we'll move on from that. But let's take again. I'm going to talk. I'm going to not take a stand. You can take a stand. <laughs> That's your mission. Work. <laughs> but I'm going to say, you know, I I like purple donuts. That's just the way it is. I like purple donuts. I guess what I'm trying to ask mm -hmm. is that: Do you have to take a stand on everything? Let me put it that way. Do you have to say our company is fully for this president? Or and president maybe let's take congressman local if you get what I mean meaning mm -hmm. is everything have to be our company is for purple pens we're against yeah. yellow pens mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. stand for that is that is that where America I guess is getting where we have to pick left and right or is there anything where you can say listen Dr Omekongo he likes yellow pens I like yes. green pens yes. let's live together or is everything have to be nope Dr Omekongo you like red pins? Sorry, you're not mm -hmm. a fit for here. If you get what I'm trying to make. Absolutely. Sometimes that's where things are getting a bit, where everything mm -hmm. has to be a side. Can anything be, I like Ford F-150s. You like yeah. uh, Priuses. Is, is, am I yeah. okay to yeah. still drive a Ford F-150 working there, or is everything polarized, I guess is my question. Well, people want everything to be polarized, but I don't feel like it needs to go that far. One of the most popular topics that I have is called Finding Common Ground in Uncommon Times. And people are bringing me in to speak about how we don't have to agree on everything, but we can come together on the basics. And so when you're talking about does it have to be yellow or purple, what I'm saying organizations do is that they need to have a, you know, of course we talk about diversity statement, but they also need to have a values statement. Mm -hmm. And with that value statement, you may end up working with somebody who is of a different political party, but they're about the same thing. Case in point, when we look at what happened in places like Sudan, for example, and the genocide that was taking place there in the 90s, I saw Republicans and Democrats working together. I saw people from all different parts of the spectrum working together because they were working to stop genocide. And so really at the end of the day, I will never be the one to say, I can never work with you, you're a Democrat. I can never work with you, you're a Republican. We're not saying that companies do that either. What we're saying is you have to have a value statement and hopefully that value is on the side of helping us find our common humanity and helping us create communities where everybody can be celebrated and not tolerated. That's really the end goal. And so when it comes down to it, you should be able to work with anybody who believes in real equal rights. And real, look, we live in a society now where hate crimes are up over 200% in the last four or five years. Number one targets being black people, number two being Jewish, and people within the Asian community, they've experienced a, a, a larger increase because of COVID-related hate crimes. And if you're part of a company that may be donating to somebody who has thrown out anti-Asian rhetoric during the COVID pandemic, then you need to check yourself. 
And you need to come out strong against that. Does but that that doesn't mean that let's say that the person who made that that rhetoric might have been a Republican. There are other Republicans out there who are very supportive of the of the Asian community, and you can support them. So that that's what I'm saying. It's not about that yellow or purple pen. I'm saying, well, you got the yellow pen, I got the purple pen. We can come together and we can write a story together that's working towards making America as good as it's promised. I love it. I'm voting for you, man. Voting for you. Where do I sign up? <laughs> No, I love that. No Let's talk to the smaller businesses, if you can. Just curious, some ideas, you know, larger companies. And, and if I, I, may, I may be uh, making an assumption that's incorrect. So if I am, let me know. No problem. But it seems like larger companies definitely have the resources. They can have all these groups and they can donate $10 million to buy flags and all these kind of things. Smaller business. Mm -hmm. I'm a bread maker, bread shop. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get profit to sell my donuts yeah. so I can pay yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, what are some thoughts and ways we can do that there? You know, because things like putting the resume in the correct way with the correct language, things you know much better than me, that could take resources, hiring people to the right language or things like to open the pool of hiring more. Man, mm -hmm. I got a 10% profit margin. Doing that, I may have no money. What are things smaller businesses can do to try to just do 1%? I think there's some famous book out there, do a little bit better, to do a little bit better and what they're trying to do to be more diverse, be more equitable along the lines of what you, uh, the good work that you do. What can we do the smallest companies? No, absolutely. And shout out to, to Laisha Ward at, at Target, who's really been doing the most as it relates to this, this space Hello, that we were Asia. talking about earlier. <laughs> so, you know, the, the small businesses, they really have to start with what they have, where they are. Okay. And the best way to really be engaged and organized in that is you're starting this business because you've already done something that you feel is successful, maybe on that small level. And so you have to be in a, in a small business, you have to be more of a referral based company. You have to let people know that, you know, this is the work that we're doing. We understand that this, this organization or this client hasn't working with a larger company, but we're right here in the community. We know the market and we can help you diversify the work that you're doing by bringing in a diverse talent pool. And one of the ways to do that, smaller companies have to put themselves out there. They have to put themselves out there with their mission statement, their value statement. They have to flood all social media platforms as well and letting people know that we are here as a viable alternative to the companies that you feel may not be serving the needs that you have, uh, the needs that, 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 that you're looking to build your organization with. And so really, at the end of the day, I see a lot of small businesses get flustered because they're not getting the same level of promotion that the larger companies have. What do you expect? They have a larger budget. So we have to do some more, you know, guerrilla marketing techniques. We have to do more door to door things, more more phone calls. But if you have a proven product, if you already have a diverse team, put that out there on Front Street, because a lot of these larger companies, they're doing work to diversify now. But if you already have that and you have the ability to do that, then you have to put that out there so people can see. And if you feel like you need to do a little bit more, there are sources that you can use that are not going to cost a lot, like a LinkedIn. You know, put out your information out there, show that you're looking for work and that you're working to build a diverse team. And people will respond to that as well. And the larger companies don't have the, uh, the time to do that. Some may not have the desire to do that but you have to take advantage of all of these social media platforms because that's going to help you grow in ways that they can i love it i appreciate that i want to shift the conversation a bit to talking about if you can business and just helping some people grow their business and maybe be performers entertainers but one more time dr mokongo uh dibinga thanks for being here with us today give us your website how people can reach you one more time i always like to do that throughout you know somebody could be listening to the fire you just laid and like i don't want to rewind <laughs> you don't have to rewind He's going to give it to you right now. One more time, give us your website. Oh, definitely. People can reach me at www.upstanderinternational.com. Everything is there from my podcast, the Upstanding Podcast. You can reach me there. And on social media, just look up at Ome Congo, and you can talk to me there as well.
I love that, Doctor. And so let's, as let's well as you too. Ah, thank you, indeed, indeed. Let's let's shift gears, and again, we can take this wherever you want to go. But it just hit my mind. Why don't we leave some business advice for the Rundown with Ramon audience? You know, the smaller businesses. Many of them I talk to uh, want are in the creator space. I know it's a broad word, mm-hmm. but they don't want to be a doctor. You know, medical doctor, they don't want to be an accountant, lawyer, whatever the traditional things still in life are. But many of them are mm-hmm. probably feeling your vibe. You know, they have a voice. They want to communicate. They want to give their next speech. Maybe they want to be a performer, right? As you are. And as mm-hmm. I say, I am mm-hmm. in some circles. I know it's a broad question, but maybe talk about your journey, how you how you got to give a TEDx talk or TED talk, you know, how you got to give your first maybe paid performance using your voice. Can you talk about the journey and then maybe lay a few tips that we can learn? How How does that young person or that older person become a performer and whatever that may mean for them. Talk to us. Absolutely. I will say to anybody out there, one takeaway that you have to understand, if you consider yourself to be a creative and you're branching out, uh, but you have another job now, nine to five, you're a teacher or something like that, you have to start doing what's hard while it's easy. So for me, part of my job, oh, most definitely, most definitely, you know, for me, my journey was when I, when I came down to DC, I had just finished my master's. I was working a nine to five job in, in the nonprofit space and it, and it was all right. And I was starting to hit the spoken word scene you know here in dc i was doing stuff beforehand up in boston where i was born and raised but then i started hitting the scene down here and what i started to see was that people were starting to do things like ask me to come speak to the kids at their after school program or in their school and so on and so forth while i still had this nine to five job and a lot of times i was doing it for volunteer because particularly if your work revolves around speaking in the beginning you want to do as much volunteer stuff as possible because it's practice and you can polish yourself now you can do other things if you're not getting paid like get recommendations video testimonials and all of that type of stuff so those are other ways you can get paid without getting paid that we can get into at at another space but So that started turning into, well, I'll I'll pay you $50 to be the open uh, open mic night at a place like Busboys and Poe, which is a popular venue down here, to be the feature poet. So I started doing features in different places, you know, for small amounts of money. That's the, but people who come to those open mic spaces, they were educators. They were people who were working in government organizations. They were working for corporate groups. They were in churches and places. So they were saying, hey, can you come and talk to my church? Can you come and talk to my government group? And that's when I started realizing that I can do things for a larger amounts of money while I was still working my nine to five. So like, while I was no, working- no more, oh, you're gonna give me a microwave meal for me to talk? Those days were over, oh, wait a minute, okay. You know, and, and as we're growing, you know, the bigger the, the organization and the exposure, you still are maybe doing some of those events as well, but you're looking for other ways to get information. And so while, but while I was doing that at my at my job, I was using my income from my job yeah. to set up my website. I was using my income from my job to get, you know, back then everybody was doing business cards. A lot of people don't do it as much now, but I, I was getting those things set up, getting computer equipment that I needed for, for my typing and, and my writing. And so those types of things, because I had that income really helped me. So, but people may not have that nine to five, maybe have some savings, maybe have somebody who can help you, maybe a small loan from a, a local bank as well that's willing to work with you, start doing those things. So once I quit my job, I immediately, the first thing I did after I quit my job was I added a zero to my fees. I just added a zero. I just, I was like, and I just, and I just did that first. And then what I started to do, I I started working with people like Les Brown and I couldn't uh, afford to work with him at first, but I would just go hear him speak and get motivated by him. And then, you know, I I approached him and said, you know, I would just love to learn more, took me under his wing. And then you got to start 
joining associations that represent what you do. Both, both you and I, Ramon, members of the National Speakers Association. And so whatever creative area you're in, if you're a musician, there are associations for you. If you're an artist, there are associations for you. Start learn, jo joining those organizations and learning from the greats. And even if you don't have enough money to join the organization, there are affiliate programs. You can start following them on social media as well and start engaging them and learning from their advice. You'd be amazed how much people want to pass their knowledge on to you. And so those are some of the basic steps that I think that people need to do who are looking at starting to put themselves out there. And of course, now social media being what it is, it's a lot easier to get yourself out there. But at the same time, everybody has a microphone. So on some levels, it's harder. So you got to take advantage of things, especially if you have the ability to speak well, you got to take advantage of things like YouTube and Instagram, because I know I get more traction when I post a video when I'm talking versus whether I'm writing a blog post, because a lot of people can write but a lot of people don't speak well. So if you have the ability to do that, take advantage of that as well. No, that is a gem. That is a gem. And I think it shows that you didn't start from, you know, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know, one is greater than zero. You started at zero. Mm -hmm. You didn't have That's the right. money at one point. You couldn't do this or that at one point, but you hustled, you, you, you innovated. I'm sure you did some leverage and you worked your way up, worked your way up. And I think- Can I give you another example? Please, because yes, this, comes down yes. to, this comes down to the question of how bad do you want it, right? Mm -hmm. So I have four books now. I'm working on a new book, Lies About Black People. It'll be out uh, later. And is it available, but, by the way, to purchase yet or not? It's not in the system yet? So all of the books that I have out now, you can get. You just type in my name on Amazon, Good. Barnes & Nobles, all of the places. My music, iTunes, Spotify. Anywhere you get music, you can get my work. Anywhere you buy books, you can get my books as well. Do you have so, a food line, by the way? A food line? I'm working on that. that that's, 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 Come easy. on, you slacking, man. Come on, go ahead. Don't forget to <laughs> continue. Got to get the food line going, right? So, so check it. So before I had a book, I'm doing the open mic thing. I'm you know, doing my thing. And I'm like, yo, Barnes and Nobles has open mics and they have feature poets and stuff, right? So I'm like, I wanna speak there. So I go to Barnes and Nobles people and they're like, hey, we like you, you got skills, but you may not realize this, but we actually sell books here and you don't have one. Therefore, you're not featuring at our open mic. So I was like, okay, cool. So I quit my job and I started selling furniture in my house because I realized that I needed to have a book. So I started speaking a little bit more, doing more open mics and as, as I was leaving my job and I, I sold things in my house. I made a lot of other sacrifices. I read the self-publishing manual by the late great Dan Pointer and I, and, I, and I used every, I was selling exercise equipment, everything to get that book. And now you can buy my book at Barnes and Nobles. And I brought it to them. I said, here, I got the book. Took me nine months to birth that book. And I started reading at Barnes and Nobles. How bad do you want it? I quit my job, sold my stuff because I wanted it that badly. And I made it happen. Wow, that is powerful. That is powerful. And I must say, you didn't say this, but another tangent to this is that things like that, especially in today's day and age, do things, forget the cost, getting that image that photo of you in the Barnes and Nobles logo, I do things like that. I know you follow me, I follow you. People yep. don't know what's paid and what's not. It's part That's of right. it is the brand is the imagery, if you get what I mean. So a lot of things That's I right. find Absolutely. somewhere. Yes, but but people, you know, sometimes they get engrossed. You got to make money, make a profit for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm all about, you know, uh, providing more than providing for myself to give to others. But some things you just do it, it builds your brand. And then that builds right. on each other for sure. Um, That's right. That's I think right. this is powerful. Uh, what didn't I ask you, uh, Dr. Omekongo, that you wanted to talk about, you wanted to share? What didn't I ask you that people need to know about you or a lesson you can teach them to help them build their business or their life? What didn't I ask you? 
the importance of of personal relationships mm. and, and the sacrifices that you need to make in order to get to that next level. You can't expect everybody to start who starts with you to finish with you or continue on the journey. And you got to be able to make the sacrifices needed in, if, if, if the dream is big enough. And so for me, you know, I, I've been fortunate to to have my wife alongside with me throughout this throughout this journey, throughout this ride. But if you don't have that or, or friends who aren't representing and helping to build you up, you got to have the courage to be able to let them go so that you can grow. Because one of the things we, we both have seen as you start going, getting that little bit of attention, little jealousies can tweak in, people start saying stuff and talking stuff and they can end up sabotaging your business, either physically sabotaging your business or just with their negative energy. Right. And the vibes that they put out that take you down. And so there are a lot of people that I started with who I'm not with right now. So you got to be willing to do that. Also, you got to be when you're raising a family. I have three kids. My my oldest is my oldest two are 16 and 14. No doubt. My youngest is is eight years old. And you got to make sure that you're balancing it out. We both know Willie Jolly. Willie Jolly said that as a speaker and and entrepreneurs, we're balancing a lot of balls. We're juggling a, a lot of different things, but only one of them is made out of glass. And that glass ball is your family. You know, once that shatters, that's the hard hardest thing to put back together. So balancing that out is also really important. So it's important to take care of yourself. You know, my wife and I own a bunch of hot yoga and uh, Pilates studios. And so we make exercise a priority, taking care of ourselves to, you know, making sure we're taking time to work out and exercise because you can't be any good to the movement that you're a part of if you're not good to yourself. So that balance is is, is really real. And it's not really about work-life balance. It's just about having life-work balance. When you integrate everything as part of just one mission, People say, how do you rap? How do you speak? How do you do professors? Everything is part of Upstander International. Is the work that I'm doing helping people make a stand for themselves or for the people around them? If it does, then I do it. If it doesn't, then I don't. Well, which means then you have a vision towards the greater end. I'm guessing a vision for yourself, a vision for your mm -hmm. family, a vision for others. I'm guessing maybe you have a five-year, 10-year roadmap, meaning that you're focused on this activity I'm doing, does it advance what Dr. Omekongo needs to do for all the things I just said? Does that make any sense at all? Oh, absolutely. As they say, you know, if you if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so really, at the end of the day, if you're just going willy nilly about stuff without a strong plan, looking five, 10 years down the road, I heard Microsoft has a 500 year business plan. I mean, the organizations that are reaching to the top, they're not doing it by luck. They have a plan. And so if you're not that type of person, you have to understand what when my wife decided she wanted to start the, the yoga studios, the first thing she did was enroll in a business plan writing course at Howard University. And so anywhere you are across the country, and especially with the pandemic that and how that transpired, a lot of these courses are online. So you can learn how to become how to write a business plan if you've never done it before. It's very easy. It just takes discipline and it takes commitment, particularly if you're somebody like myself who's more on the creative side and you don't really like to get into numbers and all of that. I've been there. But again, it's about how bad do you want it? You can do it, but you have to learn how to do it. But these organizations that are successful, it is not by luck. Sure, they may get a viral video here and there or a big endorsement, but it's by direct planning. The stuff you see, uh, the stuff that you don't see while you're sleeping that they're working on to build their brand and their business. Yeah, no, planning, planning, planning is so important. I think that's that's right. That's something that I've not been as good as I should. You know, I think that if somebody said a nice smile and, and grit, it'll take you far. And that's been my my genius. You know, I'm not a planner so much, but I smile and pushing my way through. But maybe because I'm turning 50 this year, maybe it's a little maturity has kicked in. I'm really making purposeful plans. And I know it, but you know, to get the speaking gig, as you know, in December, 2023, that didn't happen yes. the day before. That happened with the that's team right. you had 
in That's January right. 2023 or or the year before the coffee you had the, the walk right. in the park you had so uh what they say overnight success takes 10 years <laughs> that's how you got to look at it and it is so true by the way give us the name of your book that's coming out so we can all type that into our google alerts or search engine if it's not listed we can all note it back but what's the name of the book that's coming one more time no doubt it's called lies about black people so we're looking at how to combat racist stereotypes and why it matters so lies about black people is with prometheus press all of my other books I did prior to this have been all self-published. I, I love being in the self-publishing space. This is my first time working with a major publisher. So check it out. And we're just looking at challenging all the lies and not just how they affect Black people, but how they actually have affected our entire society. Yeah. Well, you know, before we end it, I think I'm, I'm going to ask you a political question here. We're going to get political. Sure. Ramon's politics. <laughs> so right. listen, recently I was at the grocery store. And as I was coming out of the parking lot, there was a trunk of a car that was unplugged. Uh, excuse me, that was open. The trunk of a car that was open. Mm -hmm. Older car, beat up car, open. Mm -hmm. I walked and I'm, I'm, I didn't notice it in the present time, but I know what I did now. I stayed mm -hmm. clear of that trunk and I shouted to a few people and said, hey, listen, should we close this trunk? We, yeah. should we close yeah, this trunk yeah. or should we leave the trunk open? A lady, how many black lady? No, mm -hmm. without batting an eye, she said, I know why you're asking everyone. As a black man, you don't want to go near that trunk, but I'm a black woman. I'm going to go to the trunk and close it because it's the right thing to do. She wasn't demeaning me. She just, <laughs> yeah. was, she said something I didn't even say. She just said, yeah, we need to get the trunk closed, but you know what? I know exactly mm -hmm. why you need to go near the trunk. I, I would just, it just hit me when you said about the book, what does that yeah. mean to you? What do you think happened? Don't make me cry though. And don't go deep in my inner soul, but um, <laughs> talk to me when you hear that, what yeah. just happened? Whatever you want to say about it. Well, first of all, it speaks about the psychological trauma that we have experienced in our community, that despite our all of our successes, there are certain rules that we have learned to live by. And we have to be intentional about whether we decide to 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 break them or, or stay in line, because literally, and this could be the same for, for Black women as well as we're seeing, the actions that we take, no matter how well-intentioned, can cost us our lives or something else, depending on who's responding. And so really, at the end of the day, what I'm doing in my book, you know, Lies About Black People, is, is helping us really break that down. I, I heard a Black woman on social media, she was a DEI speaker, she said, when your skin has been viewed as a weapon, you are never unarmed. And that resonated with me because you just walking up to that trunk automatically makes you a thief to a potential cop that might roll up. And and, and, and that's the consumers. That was my mind. Exactly. Just and or the and, people and that went through the, the, the woman's mind as well. And so that's what it brings up. It just means that in, in our society, all of us, depending on our experiences, Black, White, Native American, Asian, all of our experiences, uh, you know, Hispanic, we've have had these cultural traumas based on race and racism and other forms of intolerance based on the ism that you choose of the day, that we have to do the actual work to create a healing space individually as well as communities so we can indeed, as I said earlier, create those communities where everybody can be celebrated and not tolerated. So you can walk up, you know, you or your children or grandchildren, great-grandchildren down the line can just walk up and just do that and not even have to think twice where you know my grandchildren great grandchildren great great grandchildren don't have to just wake up and say oh today my job is going to be to fight for freedom it's to fight for that because they can just be because we created a society where they can be whatever they want a teacher a dancer a politician whatever without the burden of all of the history that we have had to deal with in this country but it's going to take upstanding work from people like you and me and that woman who decided to close that trunk and everybody else who really is about creating that community that's as good as america's promise
I love it. I love it. So I'm curious, and I don't know if in your work you go there, because I know like a therapist, you know, or something, they, will, they don't give the answer, but I got to ask and push just so I understand it. Are, are, is Dr. Omekongo saying, Ramon, you should have closed the trunk? Is he saying, no, you did the right thing? Or is he saying neither? If I can go there, you get what I mean? I'm just curious, what, what's the mm -hmm. next step? What, what's the... I'm saying that you you spoke to what your conscience told you to do. Okay. The next step to it, so it's not even about right or wrong. The next step, and this is what I help a lot of organizations with, is the why. Mm. Why did you do that? Okay. One of the things I do when I'm working with organizations and we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and racism, and, and microaggressions, is I do this exercise where I ask them to think about the first time when your race made a difference in your life. And a lot of people have not reflected on it or they forgot because usually the first time it happens is something negative. And I, and I let them know it's like, so some people even start crying. One white woman in a session said, wow, the first time I was a kid, I saw a black person I asked my mother, why is that person so dirty? And she started crying just reflecting on that. And so that why is we have to take the time to reflect on the things that we have been taught about ourselves and others may have come from a place of ignorance, of hate, and just complete disregard for another group. And if we have subconsciously harbored those beliefs for so long, we have to do the active work to get rid of that through reading, through talking with other people, by bringing people into your organizations. People can talk about the what, but the why and the how is more important as we we try to heal as a society and then you know we're talking about race here but then i can switch it first time gender made a difference in your life your religion your height your age we don't do enough self-reflecting and to realize how we came to be who we are we just think that we're okay that we're healthy until we get hit with situations like that or even something that might be more severe and then we realize that we're not as stable as we thought we were I love it. Next time I'm in a situation like that, I'm going to call you like three in the morning, two in the morning, whatever time it is. I'm just going to call you. Hey, I'm in a parking lot. <laughs> <Where are we? laughs> and I'm going to say, look around. Wait, who's there? Do you see anything? Down? We got to work. We got to work it out together. <laughs> right. Listen, Dr. Omekongo Dibenga, so glad you're here. I hope you all have heard the book that's coming out. I hope you go to his website, follow his work. If you're a company that fits into that profile, of course, that would like to work with this amazing, amazing person, definitely reach out to him and to the Rundown with Remote Audience. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Without you, there'd be no show. So thanks for being here. Remember, DM me on IG, Ramon Ray Smart Hustle. Find me online, RamonRay.com. Reach out. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know how this episode spoke to you. Did it touch you? Reach out to the amazing doctor here. Reach out to him on IG and other platforms. But I'm so glad you're here today. That was a long close. Thanks for being here. And this has been The Rundown with Ramon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>